0: Good afternoon boxing fans around the world. Back again on Combat Talk Radio, found at combattalkradio.net with a our weekend of boxing updates here. Feel free to check us out once again the site is combattalkradio.net. Leave us some comments, questions, suggestions, feedback on how we're doing and we will get right into our weekend of boxing. Boxing fans, don't blame me. It's not my fault. It ain't my fault. So the Shocker. Our weekend of boxing is not my fault. It is what it is. Some of these fights are happening today, so they're probably going on as I record this, but it's not my fault. Trust me. It's not a good look. So let's talk about it. The most notable fight this weekend, I'm not going to count KSI. I'll get to him in a second. The most notable fight this weekend is a woman's fight, and it's flyweight action 10 rounds on ESPN Plus in the U.S. Fight TV in the U.K. Now, It's not the fact that it's a women's fight. That's not the problem. It's a unification. It's not that. The problem with this fight, my beef with this fight, is you're talking two women, one's undefeated, okay? You know, Jessica Clavel, I believe it's Jessica, Kim Clavel, I'm sorry. Kim Clavel, Jessica Neary Plata. So Clavel's Clavel's undefeated, and then Jessica Neary, Jessica Neary's looked at as the superior fighter. She has more experience overall. The problem I've got with this fight, folks, is neither woman has any kind of significant knockout at all. We're talking distance fighters at best. They're orthodox. They're pretty tiny girls. So we're, we're not talking. I like. There's no. The only real hype on this is ESPN. It's a women's revolution. Do do do. There's nothing here. Um, I'm not dishing on them. I'm sure they're nice people, but it's not. It, it's the most notable fight. If you're in the Place Bell, out in Laval, Canada, you can check it out. Or ESPN Plus in the US, Fight TV in the UK. It doesn't move the needle for me. I'm sorry, um, and I feel bad for the guys on the undercard. Act Denis Belima. I don't know anything about either guy. I feel bad for them, because this this event's gonna bomb. Uh, it's gonna bomb. There's no way it's not gonna bomb. So now uh, this dude KSI, he's fighting phase Temper apparently. Apparently, there was supposed to be a different guy in this, Dennis, and then he pulled out. I don't know why. If he's ducking or whatever. But listen, KSI sucks, okay? He sucks. He sucks. I don't care that he's undefeated. The dude sucks. If you, if you watched his fight against Paul, both of them, he sucks. He should not have won. He should not be undefeated. He took an L from my eyes, and he sucks as a boxer. He's not good. I get YouTube and all his followers. But the guy sucks. And then Faze Temper, apparently he's never had a fight at a pro. So we got this guy, KSI, and he's the most hyped of all this. It's a pay-per-view on DAZN for this hyped. I'm calling KSI a bum. I'm sorry, he's a bum because he sucks. He's horrible. And yet it's pay-per-view just because it's KSI. That's what really burns. Fighting a guy who's never had a pro fight on a six-round fight at Cruiserweight. And it's at Wembley. Like, do you understand that there are some UK fighters who never get to fight at Wembley? And yet this dude, just because he's a YouTube star, quote, unquote, gets to fight Wembley and be pay-per-view. And I'm going to say it. Anybody out there, if you're a boxing fan and you just watch everything boxing, cool. But if if you really are a fan of either of these two guys, shame on you if you buy this crap because this is crap. This is where boxing takes a south turn because a crap like this, garbage like this, with an absolute bum of KSI fighting a straight scrub in phase temper, I have no sympathy for anybody who celebrates it. Meanwhile, the return of Afia Jabba versus Stephen Shaw. This is happening out here in the Turning Stone Resort and Casino in Verona, California. 10 rounds heavyweight actions on ESPN and Sky Sports in the UK, ESPN Plus specifically. Ajaba, of course, he's been exposed. Anytime he steps up, he takes an L. It's easy to outbox a dude. All he has is power. So his shine, his star is kind of dwindling a little bit. Stephen Shaw, I don't know very much about the guy, to be honest. I don't want to say anything there. But apparently, Oscar Rivas was supposed to be fighting a, a j- uh, Oscar Rivas has to pull out. This is way back in December. So I don't know what that was all about from what I know of Stefan Shaw. I'm not impressed. And I suspect that Shaw's going to get sparked out by a Ajaba, a Jabba, from what you can see. It's like a Jabba can, he can hit and he's got power. So that's, he's got that going for him, but I just, I don't rate Shaw hardly at all. And I'm, I'm not impressed on that one. Hardly at all. And again, that's not dishing on either guy. I just, I don't rate it. These are, these are not exciting fights. And then, Once again, I feel bad for the undercard. Uh, Vianello, who's the undefeated undefeated star, they're trying to really push as a spotlight. He's fighting Jonathan Rice. Jonathan Rice is the definition of a journeyman. No problem. I'm just calling it as Adam Lopez fighting Abraham Nova. That fight's going to be somewhat exciting, I would assume. Um, I know a little bit about Abraham Nova. I've kind of followed him just ever slightly. I don't know very much about Adam Lopez. I know that Nova... Something about Nova, you know, it's like he's got, he has something, but when he steps up, he doesn't seem to get it done. (laughs) And he's been trying to chase uh, Navarrete and that didn't happen. So I, I watch him, like I watch, okay, what's going on. But problem with Nova is like I said, when he steps up, he just takes an L, he takes an L and sometimes he takes an L bad. So his most recent outing, this was back in June of last year, he took a spark out loss from Rabizi Ramirez Now, Robizio Ramirez is not a slouch of a fighter, but come on. Robizio Ramirez has nowhere near the experience. And so I'm watching Nova. I'm like, okay, dude, what the hell's going on with you, brother? So it's an undercard fight. Again, if you're a boxing fan, you just watch everything. Boxing, it's something to watch. But I'm telling you, from a hype and media perspective, the women's fight is more of something than any of the rest of them. And you're talking to women who have a poor knockout ratio. And they're tiny as all get out. So I don't expect it's going to impress anybody. And then KSI having the nerve for this crap to be on pay-per-view. I'm not excited for this weekend, put it that way. So that's all we got. If you want to dial in, check it out. Of course, everything's going to be ESPN Plus and uh, Fight TV for the UK. And then next weekend, we got a little bit more, not much, (laughs) a little bit more, the return of Chris Eubank Jr., of course, with the fallout of Conor Ben and his PED failure. He's going to be fighting Liam Smith. I think that'll be a good fight for as long as it lasts. Glowaki, Christoph Glowaki makes his return. He's fighting Ria I I understand Ria is being pushed and Glowaki's kind of on the way out, but geez, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Echo Esman fighting Chris Congo. I think it'll be a decent fight, not a great fight. So next weekend at least it'll be somewhat better. Once we get past next week, things start looking up every little bit. We get the return of Alexis Rocha, That's going to be an exciting fight to watch for sure. Return to Arthur Bithubuf, and he fights Yardy, Anthony Yardy. That's going to be an exciting fight to watch. So we just have to get past some of this lull. I mean, they pretty much shot their load in the end of 2022. So now we're kind of playing catch up. Some of these fighters. Had to get back. We knew that, you know, Crawford ducked Spence, so Spence had to wait a little bit, and they're trying to finalize with Keith once upon a time. Thurman, we don't know what's happening there. So everything's kind of up in the air, and I think the future will be okay. But right now, I, I see a lull. I'm kind of not impressed, and it is kind of is what it is. And just to close out, I want to say something. Because there's still people, like on NSB, you know, the places that don't understand what they watched, with Boots Ennis fighting Carr and, Chikazhi, and I covered that on the YouTube show, but basically the bottom line is it doesn't matter that Ennis pitched a 12-0 because the judges are going to score for the aggressor irrespective of them being, you know, actually effective with their aggression. Boots was not effective with his aggression in at least eight rounds. Do I think Boots won the fight? Clearly. My point is it was not a 12-0 performance. He was getting outboxed. He was getting turned and circled. He was being thrown off balance. He was whiffing shots. I'm sorry. The judges had it in their eye that because Boots was coming forward and doing the one throw, doing the throw-in, they decided to just gift him the rounds. He did not win a 12-0 fight. And I, I am imploring Boots, his dad, and whoever the hell else is listening, get this dude back in the gym. Work on those flaws so that he can be a better fighter. That's all I'm going to say on that one. As far as Tate Davis, apparently he's on deck to be fighting Ryan Garcia a little bit later because he took out Hector Garcia in nine rounds. People figured that Hector quit. I didn't see that. It just feels like he just wasn't ready for Davis's power and realized, okay, I'm kind of in over my head. That's not a quit. He probably just didn't know how to react to it. And then, geez, Rashidi Ellis and, and Via. I told Via uh, people about Via, man, the eye test killer. I told people, watch out for this dude. And they keep underestimating him because Ellis was the eye test. And the eye test took an L. And I'm, I'm glad because he needs to go back to the gym too and understand what he did wrong. Same with Michael Michel Rivera taking that unanimous loss against Martin. I mean, some of these guys, it's like we're exposing flaws in their game. This is good for boxing at the same time. We now have to kind of play a waiting game because we don't know what's happening at welterweight, and that's the big open question. We don't know what's really happening at heavyweight. So heavyweight right now, still, it's basically Uzik, Fury, Joshua, and Wilder. <laughs> Even now, well, crap, Wilder's almost half 30 in the mid-race, 30. Fury's midway's 30. Joshua's about to be midway's 30. Usyk's about to be, like, dude, we don't really have any stars at heavyweight and don't anybody say Frank, ass Sanchez, that don't count. I'm talking real stars that go for knockouts or they're just that good like Uzzik where we can get some excitement out of the thing. We just don't have it. So I'm worried about heavyweight, ladies and gentlemen, because right now the only thing we got to look forward to is Wilder Fury 4, and I hope that doesn't happen because I think it's a waste of time. Fury Uzik, which seems like it's not going to happen. Uzik already ducked December, so that's a shame because that would be a good stylistic fight we get to see if Fury blows them out. Or we get to see Joshua. Joshua's about to fight a soft touch here soon. He already had his crack, so I'm I'm, not, I'm worried about heavyweight. I'm concerned about welterweight, for sure. And then we have to see if Spence goes up to 154, what that means, because Jamel Charlotte, his buddy, holds all the belts. So either Jamel has to move up or Spence has to fight him. I would hope Spence would fight Jamel for all the belts because that would achieve what Spence wants, which is to unify division. Then that would be good. Then you can sell a fight against Crawford because now Crawford clearly is the B-side at 154, having done not a damn thing. And he'll have to hopefully agree to terms, accept all terms on the A-side, make the fight happen, go in there and see if he can prove something. Now, with Avanesian's performance, we saw Crawford getting tagged at will, so I suspect Spence blows him out. Maybe, I don't know, but that's what I see. And so then... Spence is the top dog in 154, but we still have a 147 that's unresolved, and that's a shame. So that's my that's my uh, weekend of boxing here. I, I'm not going to check any of these fights out. As much a fan as I am, they don't impress me. They don't excite me. So I'll check in with you guys probably next week. I'll be traveling at some point because I've got my car and everything, so I'll check in once I'm settled in my new place. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Combat Talk Radio, Masterpiece Boxing, found at combattalkradio.net. I want to thank you for listening today, whether you are a subscriber or not. I know you have choices, and I appreciate you for being here. Just to remind those that are new to the show, Combat Talk Radio records every Friday, so once a week in the Pacific time zone. And then Lifeblood of Boxing Series, which is our coverage of the boxers I think are worth your time, and Give to the Sport, that's once per month. It does not have a fixed schedule, but once a month I'll have a release until I run out of ones that I think are worth covering or Lifeblooded Boxing. So those are our two programs. It is podcast only at this point. We want to hear from you. So combattalkradio.net at the bottom. Hit comments, feedback. Let us know how we're doing. If there's anything that you'd like to see us adjust or improve, we want to hear from you, and we are open to that feedback. We also are open to starting up the YouTube again, but it seemed like that died off when Lomachenko took a loss, and we don't know why. So if somebody knows why or they'd like to hear the YouTube coverage, let us know that as well in the comments. And we are open to doing it. We just need to make sure the fans are there. Right now they're on the podcast, not on the YouTube for whatever reason specific. We're open either way. Anyhow, that'll do it. And I will see you guys next week.